Hello and welcome back to the podcast. The Sermon on the Mount represents one of Jesus' most powerful and probably influential blocks of teaching that still challenges the reader just as much today as it would have 2,000 years ago. So we're going to take the next several weeks to methodically unpack Jesus' teachings in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and we'd like to invite you to join us on that journey. If you have any more questions about the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org, and you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back. We want to thank everyone for joining us today. We're in the midst of our study through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Over the past several weeks, we began in Matthew chapter 5 with the Beatitudes, and we've continued week by week to make our way uh, through, slowly through, the Sermon on the Mount. And we're in the middle of that chapter in Matthew chapter 5 today. We're going to pick up in verse 27 here in just a minute. So Jeremy, before we get into that, uh, as we've done pretty much every week, and I think is really, really important as we go through a study like this, uh, set the context for us a little bit, remind us where we've been, and, and kind of the purpose behind what Jesus is teaching here. Yeah, I mean, it is something we've continued to talk about and probably will continue to talk about is just the reality of what's happening here in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Matthew chapter 5 sets the scene that Jesus is on a mountain. He's, he's preaching, he's teaching uh, to probably a pretty good-sized crowd here, um, predominantly Jewish crowd, and um, he, he's really causing them to be thinking about things in a very different way. He's certainly making reference to his kingdom and and people and citizens that are going to be a part of that kingdom, what their attitudes or characteristics are going to be like as he kind of introduces things, the beginning of chapter 5. And and now as he's kind of morphed into a little bit more on the responsibility side. And the whole setup to this section is really Matthew 5 and verse 20, where he makes the point that you look at the Pharisees and the scribes, that your righteousness needs needs to exceed them, Not, not... be compared to them. I think that's how it was for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But your righteousness needs to be different from them. You need to be looking at things differently. And, and that really is the whole setup to this section, is Jesus really getting people to to understand that he's calling people to think differently. And, and one of the points we've made over the past couple of weeks, I think is important, with just how shocking this really would have been. This kind of teaching and certainly this kind of thinking, how different that it would have been, how shocking that it would have been. And so it's it's deep, um, it's heavy-hitting, you know, in a lot of ways. And what Jesus is going to do, what we started last week and what we'll talk about today, is he'll kind of attack things, uh, kind of specific examples in a very similar kind of way, such as you, you've thought about it this way before, I'm asking you to think about it this way now. And um, and we talked about anger and murder last week, and, and we'll talk about adultery and lust this week. But yet, even though those are still very different things from what we talked about last week, the thinking about those things mm-hmm. is very similar to where we were. Yep, and that's that's such an important thing to keep in mind as we go through this. This is Jesus continuing along the same vein of thought um, as he as he challenges the people to think differently about some things than they have in the past. So let's read this together. We'll begin in verse twenty-seven and go down through verse thirty-two. 
You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. So Jesus has uh, shifted his focus again, just kind of continuing in the same vein of thought from this comparison that he makes earlier with murder and anger now to adultery and lust and and some principles about marriage. But again, it's important to keep in mind, and we're just going to say it over and over and over again, that what Jesus is really asking us to do is to consider matters of the heart and, and always to look back to what you read or what you referenced there in verse number 20 at the outset of this conversation, that Jesus is holding us to a higher standard. The Pharisees and the scribe aren't your standard for righteousness. What you've seen in the past, it's not your standard for righteousness. I am holding you to a higher standard. And so he's continuing to ask us to think about that and to look inward into regards to matters of the heart and now focusing our attention on this marriage, adultery, lust, those those matters to, again, help us think more deeply about our heart. Yeah, I mean, just like what we talked about last week, I mean, Jesus, no one, no one would say that murder and anger are the exact same thing. Jesus wasn't saying that. But yet when he tackles one of those two things, he's tackling the heart, mm-hmm. which is anger, right? And, and so we've got to carry that over in a very similar way to this passage. Jesus is not saying that adultery and lust are the exact same thing. They are different things. One is a matter of the heart, and that's the one that Jesus tackles. And, you know, I was looking at this earlier. He, he does so really in a very similar way, different words, different analogies even, but a very similar way to what he had just done with anger and murder, where he paints the picture that, listen, you you shouldn't murder, but don't be angry with your brother either, and then he gives that analogy of how serious that is. You know, if you've even got a gift that you're laying at the altar and you've got an issue with your brother, just leave it there and go take care of that. That lets us know how serious it is. And he really does the exact same thing here. Different analogy mm-hmm. where he talks about lust and, and he makes the point that is a heart issue, but a serious heart issue. How serious? Well, if your eye is causing you, you pluck that thing out. And so now you have these analogies that there is some urgency to deal with these kinds of things. And, and you're right, it is so different in the way to think that way in comparison to the way that they were currently thinking, and I think in the way that we even currently like to think. I think, I think you're 100% right. And you know, to, to further that point, you know, we, I used the term last week, uh, legislatively speaking, in regards to some of these things. And I think when you, you go back to anger and murder, legislatively or legally, there are differences there. But the level of seriousness is equal in regards to the fact that both of these things can condemn you. Both of these things 
can destroy your relationship not only physically with your brother, but with your Lord and can keep you out of heaven, keep you out of relationship with him. So they are both on a level playing field in regards to the seriousness as it pertains to our spiritual relationship with Christ. I think the same is being pointed out here. Legislatively or legally, lust and adultery are very different things in the same way that legislative and legally anger and murder are very different things. However, both of these things can condemn you. Both of these things can destroy the relationship that you have with your spouse and with your Lord. And so, spiritually speaking, Jesus is placing them in the perspective of both of these things can keep you out of heaven because both of these things are sinful. Therefore, they should both be regarded with extreme caution and very, very serious. And so, again, the the point Jesus is making here is look inward— Right? What is it about these things that are going to keep you from having the relationship with Christ that he wants you to be able to have? Well, both of these things are sinful, and both of these things can destroy that relationship. And therefore, I have to think about both of them being very, very serious on the utmost level of seriousness. So much so that just like when we talked about last week with anger— if I, see, if I sense anger in me towards my brother, I stop what I'm doing, and I go take care of it right in that moment. In regards to lust, if I am lusting after someone, I stop what I'm doing right there, and I take care of that issue right in that moment because it is so serious that it demands that I do that. And that's the, that's the standard of righteousness that we've been talking about that Jesus now is asking us to hold ourselves to. Yeah, and, and it really comes with a, a depth of it, and, and that is what is different. I, I think that's the different part, you know, in a lot of ways, that, that people are thinking about it in, in a very different kind of way. That, you know, it, it's easy to say, well, anger, uh, is that really that big of a deal? Or lust, is that really that big of a deal? Well, Jesus is making the point that it is a big deal, yeah. and, and it is a big deal not because it's equating to murder. Those are very different things, both sinful. I yeah. think you made that point 100%. right on. But the key component is, is Jesus is saying, listen, God is interested in the heart. So if there is a heart problem, anger, lust, if there's a heart problem, that's as much of a problem as murder or adultery, and it's something that you have to be You've got to be taken care of. And again, Jesus is saying, if you can make sure your heart is where it needs to be, then your life will showcase righteousness and good mm-hmm. things. And that is a point he'll continue to make in this particular sermon, and really a point that he'll continue to make throughout the entirety of the gospel message. Each and every one of the gospels has Jesus teaching on that subject, yep. that if you make sure your heart is where it needs to be, your life is going to be where it needs to I be. Think, yeah, I think we, we do Jesus and injustice if if we look into the Sermon on the Mount and some of these specific teachings, and we start to get into arguments about, well, is lust equal to adultery? Are they one and the same? Is that what Jesus is really trying to say here? We're doing Christ an injustice. And I almost, if, if he was sitting next to us, he'd almost be rolling his eyes at us because you're, you're missing the forest for the trees if that's the conversation and the debate that you want to be engaged in as it pertains to Jesus' teaching here in Matthew chapter 5. That is not his intent. 
He is asking us to look inward and think about matters of the heart. And I know it sounds like a broken record as we say that over and over again, but that's how important it is that we understand this. This is, this is difficult teaching for the Jews. We've made that point time and time again. But it's difficult teaching for us as well because it challenges us to think differently about the relationships that we have with one another, certainly. But it also challenges us to think differently about the feelings and the thoughts that never make it out for others to see. But the feelings and the thoughts that we have inside of us that only I'm aware of. It challenges me to think differently about how I view those feelings and thoughts. Just because I don't express them, that doesn't mean they aren't sinful. Just because I don't express them doesn't mean that they don't do any damage to my relationship with God. In fact, I think the point Jesus is making here is the exact opposite of that is true. Those feelings that you may feel on the inside, those can and do impact my relationship with God in a negative way. And they can and will impact my relationship with others in a negative way. I can't ignore those. I need to deal with those. And it's really, really important that I do so swiftly. And it's really, really important that I handle those honestly, honestly with myself, honestly with God. Because those feelings that we can sometimes harbor inside and convince ourselves that as long as I just keep them hidden from everybody else, it's not that big of a deal, Jesus is shining a spotlight on that and saying, no, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. That's um, Again, I'm holding you to a higher standard. Those are a big deal. You need to address them and you need to take care of them. That's in a lot of ways the beauty of 29 and 30, those two verses. I mean, you know, it's certainly here in context is talking, you know, about lust, is talking about adultery. But, you know, it's written really in a very generalized kind of way. It is sin here with no qualifiers, right? It is sin. It's not the sin of, it is sin. And so what these two verses do by principle is it puts in context, and it should put into our mind, our our approach to sin, that how serious it is, that it is something deadly, and that it is something that needs to be dealt with quickly, right? You, you sense a picture, you know, of something here of a, you know, a, a hand or an arm, you know, that gets infected in some way. And even today, with all of the medical advances that we have, there are still infections that get into you know certain uh, limbs where that doctors just simply cannot get a handle on, mm-hmm. and there is urgent decisions at times that have to be made to amputate because it simply cannot get into the rest of the body. That's even today with all of the advances that we have. So the picture still is one of urgency. That if this, if you, if there's not a handle on, you got to. It's so serious. You got to cut that thing off. You got to pluck that eye out. And, and it, it is such a powerful analogy to give us the idea of how serious sin is. Mm-hmm. Not the sin of, but sin, murder included. Anger included, adultery included, lust included, all of those things are included. Now, yeah, they're not they're different things, but they're all sin, and they all have to be dealt with quickly. Yeah, and I don't think it's any coincidence that, that Jesus uses these very two important relationships, the sanctity of life, the sanctity of innocent life as it pertains to murder, and the sanctity of the marriage relationship. 
these these two very special and uniquely created entities by God himself, he uses those as the example that he's going to build off of here because we recognize, and it's easy for us to see from the very beginning, the value that God has placed on human life and the value that God has placed on the marriage relationship and the intent for that marriage relationship to be permanent forever, not to be broken up under any circumstances. He has has set that up from the very beginning. And so he uses these two things, these two very important, very special relationships to build this understanding off of that, listen, if you do anything inwardly that could potentially damage these sacred relationships— that's something that has to be dealt with immediately. If you do anything on the inside, it's going to affect the relationships that you have on the outside. And these two important staples, really, of humanity in a lot of ways, you may, you may mention last week that murder has been basically against the law in every society that's ever been around. Um, and, and in similar ways, the marriage bond certainly has been valued by society throughout history. Now, obviously, there have been some challenges to that, but nonetheless, it is still an important recognized relationship that, that we all understand as human beings that when you enter into a relationship like that, it, you do so with a level of seriousness, regardless of your understanding of any religious teachings. And, and so we can see the, the sanctity and the value that God has placed on those and the sanctity and value that mankind has seen within those. And Jesus is saying here, anything, anything that's going to call into question the relationships that you have with one another and the value that you place on innocent life, the value that you place on a marriage relationship, anything like that needs to be addressed because that can cause serious damage both inwardly and outwardly, physically and spiritually. Yeah, they are to be protected, right? The innocent is to be protected. The marriage relationship is to be protected. And that that really is the point of verses 31 and 32. It is is a passage, not about divorce and what divorce is all about. It is a, a point that he's making about marriage, what marriage is all about. That marriage is to be protected, that marriage is given by God to be lifelong, that it isn't to be torn away by man in any in any capacity, that it is to be protected in in every way. And so now that comes down to decisions that we make, certainly decisions that we make in the heart. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there for today. I think that's a a good place to stop. Uh, Again, as we go into the weeks to come, we're going to continue in the same line of thinking. And so we'll try and set the context for each of those as we get into those studies. Uh, But next week, we'll pick up in verse number 33 and continue our study through the Sermon on the Mount. So we want to thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week.